Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. My good friend, Jason Tetro, microbiologist, the germ guy, who is the author of two fabulous books, The Germ Files and The Germ Code. Are you, are you, I, I understand you're sitting in the dark and the cold. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of ironic because this is what uh, Ralphie used to say about getting uh, even with the East during uh, times where we felt disrespected. And unfortunately, now it seems like we're the ones who are in the dark and it's <laughs> minus 30 outside. Well, I have to tell you, I just looked out the window. I just took a little walk during the newscast and uh, looked outside. And I can't believe there are puddles in southern Ontario where it's been like minus 5,000 degrees for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, but uh, it's one of those things where when you get the polar vortex, it takes anywhere from two days to about two weeks for the uh, ozone to pick up uh, and and for the winds to sort of figure themselves out again. So you've gone through it, and now winter has returned to where it's supposed to be. And being here in Edmonton, we're, we're in it. Well, what we did was we took all those windmills that Kathleen Wynne provided, we turned them all and pointed them west. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we finally figured out what uh, was needed. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a bad man, Roy. You're a bad, bad man. <laughs> so you're in the dark because you lost your power. That's a scary thing. If you only have electricity and, and the power goes out in the middle of a Canadian uh, cold spell, that's scary. Yeah, it, it's funny, too, because there's nobody out on the streets, and then the power goes out, and everybody's out there in their coats wondering, when are we going to get the power back? <laughs> That's right. But, uh, going outside doesn't really help. No, I know. <laughs> it's just... But it's just it's sort of the thing that you do. If you remember the 2003 blackout, I swear to God, I saw neighbors I had never <laughs> seen before. <laughs> you know, my uh, I have to say this. I've been telling people, because uh, it's only interesting to me, but if you've heard this before, don't stop me, because I want to hear it again. Uh my, my, my dogs haven't gone for a walk for a week and a half because it's been so cold. They're little paws, and they just they, they want to go outside, but the second they're out, they're lifting up the paws. So the funniest thing is when you let them out, it's the wind chills minus 35. Everybody who's gone through this knows what I'm going to say. They take about three steps. They turn around. They look at you like, what did you do? <laughs> You're, you, you did this. You, <laughs> somehow you become responsible and then you have to make sure that they actually stay out long enough to do what they're supposed to do and don't come back and use a table like to, anyhow, enough said. Yeah. So I, got, I received, I hope you get your electricity back and I hope you get warm real soon. So you, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, the germ guy, Jason Tetro, is also the, uh, the host of the Super Awesome Science Show podcast, which air on Curious Cast. And uh, it's terrific listening and it's, I is necessary. Now, I the other day I tweeted out to, to generally if there's something that you'd be interested in talking about on me or us talking about on the show, let me know. So Jason replied with the World Health Organization's ten threats to global health in 2019, and I've been so scared ever since. So, <laughs> it is, well, it is alarming. It is is concerning, and clearly there's th- this has to be addressed. Yeah, uh, we we live in a world right now where we have unfortunately been ignoring science for quite some time. And as a result of that, uh, if you were to go to the site where they talk about the 10 greatest threats to global health in 2019, you'll notice that probably half of them 
has to do with uh, issues where we've been ignoring science, and in many cases, they're microbes. And those microbes are pathogens that should have been controlled, should have been, you know, taken care of, but they haven't. So let's start where they start. And the report starts with air pollution and climate change. So Mm -hmm. what are they saying? Well, essentially, we've known about pollution being an issue for close to 50 years now. That's in rain. Exactly. So one of the problems that nobody really has, has gotten a hold of is the idea that when you start putting too many chemicals into the air, the air tends to forget that it's supposed to be cleaning itself. And this is what we're seeing right now. Um, and everything from, you know, the, the forest fires to uh, the polar vortices, vortices that you just saw, they're all due to the fact that there are certain chemicals that we're pumping into the air, and those higher levels are taking away the ozone that is supposed to be helping us to clean the air. It, it, that, that's just basically what it comes down to. Okay, before we get into uh, uh, all my phone lines lighting up and, and, and you getting engaged in that <laughs> debate, uh, let's move forward from that position, taking that position, and mm-hmm. what the World Health Organization is saying and how you've just described it. We go on to non-communicable diseases. Now, Jason, this is one, I, when I saw the headline, I thought, what are they talking about? Mm-hmm. And then I read, non-communicable diseases such as diabetes, cancer, and heart disease are collectively responsible for over 70% of all deaths worldwide, or 41 million people. This includes 15 million people dying prematurely aged between 30 and 69. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, we, we call it chronic disease, in, uh, but um, in, in the health speak, they're called non-communicable diseases. In other words, you know, you can't really transfer that over to someone. However, <laughs> we're also starting to learn that that may not be the case. You may actually be able to transfer over things such as stress, which is what my show was about this past week. You may be able to transfer over um, the, uh, the, the microbes that could potentially lead to obesity. So while it's called non-communicable, um, just realize that, you know, that, that, that may change over time. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're looking at chronic diseases as being a major problem. And quite honestly, the majority of them are kind of preventable. <laughs> so yeah. once again, the science can show you how to live healthy. The science can show you how to live safe so that the only thing that you really have to worry about are the genetics. Uh, but we tend not to do that. And so, yeah, we see that rise. You know, just a few years ago, I remember speaking with a, with a, with a, with a, with a physician who I think he was involved in pediatrics, but it also had to do with uh, with his general health. And and he said to me, this is going to be the first generation of eight-year-olds who will present with significant uh, heart disease by age 30 because of lack of activity, lack of proper diet, and just not being physically, well, go back to lack of activity. Yep, exactly. We're starting to see kids uh, who theoretically fit the definitions for indications for heart medication in their teens. That's scary. That is really, yeah. that's really scary. Uh, it's happening. Okay, so we, you and I talked on the air a couple of months ago about uh, going to a pharmacy. I went to a pharmacy in Burlington, Ontario, where the, uh, somebody on the staff was trolling the aisles and trying to push people toward the pharmacy counter to get a, a flu shot. And I, mm-hmm. I kind of said, no, I'm not here for that. I'm, I have things to do. And, uh, yeah. and you experienced that as well in Edmonton. But yeah. here comes the World Health Organization, and they write, the world will face another influenza pandemic. The only thing we don't know is 
when it will hit and how severe it will be. Global defenses are only as effective as the weakest link in any country's health emergency preparedness and response system. What are they telling us? Well, essentially, we have a vaccine against the flu, and that's great. However, as we found out in 2009, um, sometimes the virus that's a pandemic is one we have never seen before, and as a result, getting a vaccine is going to be very difficult. So you have to have a proper um, emergency preparedness plan in action so that when something like this is called, you can get people to uh, take better care of themselves, pay more attention to their hygiene, and start shutting down areas where you are going to see massive uh, spread. This is something that is very difficult to bring in because every time we do this, we get accused of crying wolf. So it's got to be done in in an effective way so that we understand, no, we're not kidding around. This is not a drill. We really need to start thinking about how we're going to save people. And then when the vaccine comes out several months later, then we have to get people to start taking that vaccine so that we can eventually stamp out, as we like to call it, uh, this particular virus. Yeah, the word pandemic is, is alarming. And then people start to think about bird flu, not the, not the seasonal flu, but about bird flu. They're not talking about bird flu, are they? Well, I mean, who knows, right? Is, well, I mean, H5N1, the bird flu is a possibility. It, it really hasn't lived up to what we thought its potential would be. But, you know, have you heard all the stories about people coming down with the flu this year and it's affecting the young kids the most yeah. and all this type of thing? Yeah, well, that's because it's the pandemic flu. It's back. Yeah. It's just that we stamped it out fairly well in when it was first around. So now it's just uh, essentially taking out the people who either didn't see the virus, in other words, the children, or the people who have just simply gone without vaccination because it's in the vaccine, the pandemic. So is it is it, is it still a good time if you haven't been vaccinated? Is it still a good time to do it? Yeah. I mean, uh, if you have not yet had the flu, if you go and get the uh, the, the vaccine, you're going to be protected against the pandemic strain, and that's going to help you. I'm speaking with uh, my good friend Jason Tetro, microbiologist, the germ guy, the author of The Germ Files and The Germ Code, and the host of the super awesome Science Show podcast. You're able to put these um, medical issues, health issues, biology issues into a perspective that we can all understand and, uh, and, and appreciate as opposed to using language none of us have ever learned unless we became fluent in Latin in, uh, in, our, in, our, in our earlier years. But tell us, what, what, what are you doing on the podcast? So with the podcast, what we're doing is every week we're going to take a theme that has been um, really close to people in terms of their normal lives, and we're going to show you how the science fits into that. So um, in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about Lego and how it applies to education. We're going to be talking about the science behind love and how you can actually look at neurochemicals that may be able to help you find the right mate. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about one of the things we're about to talk about right now, antibiotic resistance, and how we might be able to use viruses to kill bacteria to help us out. Wow. Uh, That's all really fascinating stuff, and I'm just thinking about all the dating sites that are going to be listening in. Super awesome science show podcast with um, our, our good friend Jason Tetro. So let's get at the uh, one of these issues that the World Health Organization raises, and that is antimicrobial resistance. We know mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, we've been warned that uh, the world is on, I guess, I think it was a, the head of the British healthcare system 
who used the word Armageddon uh, in, in her description. How bad is it? Well, it's getting worse. Um, it's been about five years now since the crisis was called by the World Health Organization. Uh, and the whole goal was to get people to utilize less antibiotics in both medicine and agriculture. Yeah, that hasn't worked out so well. So now what's happening is we're starting to see uh, bacteria that are resistant to all infections. Um, and believe it or not, we're, we're even seeing it on our, our headline uh, news and, and even in our uh, dramatic medical series. It's gotten that big. So the thing is, is that when you get an infection with a bacterium, you would normally take an antibiotic. Mm -hmm. Well, what happens if those antibiotics don't work and none of them work? You die. Yeah. And that's the, that's the threat or that's even the reality in, uh, in, in many cases. Just reading this uh, from the World Health Organization, um, the ability of bacteria, parasites, viruses, and fungi to resist these medicines threatens to send us back to a time when we were unable to easily treat infections such as pneumonia, tuberculosis, gonorrhea, salmonellosis. The inability to prevent infections could seriously compromise surgery and produces uh, uh, procedures such as chemotherapy. This is, uh, this is, I mean, this is very, very, very serious. Oh, it, it is. And for those of you who are Star Trek fans, just remember Star Trek Four when Bones went back to the uh, 1980s and actually saw the type of medicine and he called it the Dark Ages. Mm -hmm. Well, we're about to live through that. Wow. Yeah. Is it possible to head this off? Is it too late? Well, that's one of the things that we actually are going to talk about in a few weeks on the show okay. is that we're looking at other options. Uh, viruses, bacteriophages might be able to help us. We may be able to use other types of molecules than antibiotics. So there are ways that we may be able to, to tackle this, but we're so far behind right now that this threat is going to be with us for a few years. So we have less than a minute here. One of the other uh, uh, issues that's raised by the World Health Organization as a health threat for 2019 is Ebola and other high-threat pathogens, and then also weak, weak primary health care. The two would seem to go hand-in-hand. Hand. Yep. Any kind of weakness in primary care, as we call it, uh, means that you go to a doctor, you say, I have a problem, they're not going to be able to diagnose you, which means they're going to be behind the clock, and before you know it, your life is in danger. And that's happening all over the world, including here in Canada. Jason, thank you so much for the time, and uh, we'll look forward to listening more to the Super Awesome Science Show podcast. I really look forward to it, and thanks again for having me. Yeah, Jason Tetro, get warm. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.